Ruchim Aboyim, we are going to Be'ez Hashem tackle now for the next few weeks the Inyonim of Meiser as opposed to Tzedakah. So just to give an approximate but basic definition, what is Meiser and what is Tzedakah, which I'm sure those that have learned Inyonim of Tzedakah have been through, is the fact that Tzedakah, in a word, is a subjective chiyuv. Tzedakah is a chiyuv that's based on somebody else either standing in front of you or asking. Needs that are expressed, people that have needs. Meiser is really not based on a person needing something. Meiser is based on a person's own obligations vis-a-vis himself. Let's examine the makor of this idea of Meiser. You don't have to have necessarily somebody needy to be mechayiv Meiser. What's the source of Meiser? So interestingly enough, there's no clear Gemara, but Toysvis in Tainas Davtes quotes a Sifri, a Medrash, which is the Medrash that darshins the Halachas, and in the Pesach of Aser Ta'aser, it's called Fua Zaracha. And remember, the Pesach of Aser Ta'aser, which is the Kriya Satayr that we learn in Yom Tevim, is talking about Meiser, not in the sense that we're used to, but Meiser in the classic sense, which is Trumas and Meisers. By the way, we'll just give everybody a quick rundown. When we're talking about Trumas and Meisers specifically, not every year is the same Meiser. There are two Meisers, two tenths, two tithes that are taken off of a person's produce every year. Whereas year number one and year number two in a seven-year cycle, the, the seventh of the seven-year cycle is always Shemitah. So year number one, year number two, there's Meiser Rishoy and what's called Meiser Sheni. Meiser Rishon is given to Levian. Meiser Sheni is to be taken and eaten with certain conditions of Kedusha in Yerushalayim. The third year, Shnas Hashlishis, has not Meiser Sheni, but it has Meiser Oni. Year four and five repeats one and two, where there's one Meiser, Meiser Rishon, given to Levian. And the sixth year, which is like the third, which is Meiser Oni. So there's a concept of Meiser, and in that posuk, which... Obviously, it's a mitzvah t'luyabaretz. It's only in Eretz Yisrael. It's only from produce, which is produced from the soil of Eretz Yisrael. And Chazal see fit to darshan remez in that pasuk of Aser to Aser. As kol tfuazarach, as kol, which tells you also that there's a concept of maizu, not so much on produce, but maizu on all of a person's assets. And that's the maizu that we're more used to. Understanding the makar is important because that will give us insight. When a person is mechuyiv meiser, is he mechuyiv meiser because there's a levi or an oni standing in front of him that's needy? No, of course not. The concept of being mechuyiv is an absolute chiyiv. The peiros that grew in Eretz Yisrael have a chiyiv. Not only that, but they're also, and that's called an iser tevel, until trumas and meisers are taken off from them. So in that model, Meiser is not based on the concept of somebody needy standing here, who needs. It's not based on someone else's needs. It's based on your chiyuv to actually take off, to give Takadosh Baruch Hu, quote unquote, from your bounty, from your produce. We might add, by the way, Chazal Dashen, Aser Ta'aser, Aser Bishvil Shetis Aser. This is the terrorist way of implying that the, the key to financial success is give meiser in order that you'll have. So it's not so much of a chiv because there's somebody needy on the other end, but it's more of a chiv to show your trust and your recognition that everything comes from my Kaddish Baruch.
We'll point out that because the Makor is not so clear, the Bach actually in Yeridah, these halachas, said that there's really no Chiv. This is only a Smach. It's not a Chiv, not the Raisa, not the Rabbana. Others argue. It seems, Taisus seems to understand that a, it's, a, it's a proper obligation. So there's really in the Paiskin three levels, which we're not going to go into the Paiskin per se now. It can either be a Chiv de Raisa, it's implied in the Pasuk, it could be a chiv durabonon and it's an asmacht of chazal being soimich. And we might add that this man has said that most of us, unfortunately, are footsteps. And we don't take off meiser. So the chiv is in place of the meiser. It's learned from that possible. The other possibility is, is that it's a minic. We might add, based on what we just said, that since the source in chazal is an understanding that the Torah makes you realize by giving of your Shefa to others, that it all comes from the Rebbein Shalom. And the only way to succeed in the first place is only by obligating yourself to give to others. So it's really only a self-imposed obligation in terms of your recognition that it comes from the Rebbein Shalom. The way the Paiskim described that halachically is that once a person starts giving nicer, which is recommended, it becomes a neder, and then it's incumbent on him to continue. That being said, like we said, since the source is Meiser, in the sense of Peirois of Eretz Yisrael, there's one very basic difference. Peirois of Eretz Yisrael, like we mentioned, have an Iser to be eaten, to be used, until Trumas and Meisers are taken off. Would we say that if somebody empties out his cash register, today we don't have cash registers so much, but somebody, the good old days, somebody emptied out, he has $100 of profit this week. Until he takes off $10, so that's considered tether? Of course not. However, there is a mokoin as a hanhog of Kiddusha. I was actually one time, had the privilege, had the school on a Friday morning, of being in the house of Moron, the Khan Kanievsky's Zolgesundenstark Zayn, and he gave over money that he received from the Kailul to his wife, telling her not to use the money for household expenses until Mises was taken off. It's a beautiful anhoga, it's certainly not la but you see a level of kedusha in an anhoga of a god It's always worth hearing such things. In any case, being that the concept of giving maizus is not based on the money being payrois, and you have to take off, you have to, so to speak, fix up, be misakin esakri, you have to fix up the money by taking off maizus in order to be mad to it. So therefore, the meiser is not so much chal. The chir meiser is a comment on a person. It's not chal on the money that he receives. And it has to be that way. And we'll explain why. Money that a person receives is not the whole story of determining how much money he has. For instance, a person has, like we said, in his cash register, $100. So he earned $100. What happened to the rent on the store? What happened to the salaries? Inventory? expenses, and so on. How much did he actually earn? If he has $100 in the cash register, he's lucky if he earned $20. So what does he really consider his earnings in terms of MISER? Of course, $20. How to compute expenses, what's considered legitimate expenses, expenses that are shy to the business, and more or less, think of it, if you want to look at MISERs as, so to speak, a Torah, a HaKadosh Baruch Hu mandated tax, on one's wealth, even though, by the way, we're, we're capitalists, we're not socialists, we don't believe that the government imposes this tax. This tax is self-imposed in terms of your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch and your relationship with those around you. 
So if you understand that the source of wealth is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you understand that part of that is to be given to others in that context. That being said, but look at it as a tax in the sense that the same way when you're filling out a tax return, you have to know based on the rules and regulations what's a business expense, what's not, what's a write-off, what's not. The same thing is true in Meisters. Also, to be said, is that when does one owe money? There's such an idea as a fiscal year and how much you earn when you're, uh, when you're coming to a cheshman of Meisters or whatever you pay. Most people pay more than 10% in terms of Uncle Sam. What's true biyachas in relation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Does it have to do with the year? Not necessarily. The truth of the matter is that a person could give Meiser really on any penny that comes in. It's just not going to be very computable because you have to be able to sit down with a pen and paper. And this is something that's mechaiv real time and effort. The same way uh, computing your accounting work is also something you have to put time and effort into. Computing how much you owe to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expenses, so to speak, is also something that a person has to give time. Can a person do that day to day? Usually not. Is it weekly, monthly, quarterly? That depends on everybody. Poiskim are matzia. They suggest a person taking a financial uh, block. We'll call it a quarterly. Most people do some type of accounting reckoning in terms of expenses, money coming in and money coming out on the quarterly, a half a year, or it could be even a year, or whatever it is. So again, in the basic way, what we're saying now is, is that one is mechuyiv meiser from your net, not from your gross, what comes into the cash register, so to speak, but on your net. What's called a person's net? Money that's sitting in a bank account, or money that's business that's invested, that accumulates. Interest would be considered. Amount that money is worth more because of inflation, that type of thing, would not be called per gain. Again, there's a lot of money on this, and it has to be learned. Um, expenses in terms of inflation, would that play into the amount of money? Maybe not. We're, uh, we'll use as a simple example. person gets a, an inheritance. So the same way Lahavdal is the concept of an inheritance tax. Maestris is not necessarily only related to money that one earns, but it's even money that one gets. A Yerusha, if somebody ashes a quarter of a million dollars, bipashtus, in the simple level, is mukhuyiv, $25,000. By the way, if taxes or whatever it is has to be paid, lawyers, fees on the estate, and so on. So the profit, the net of what he has, is after the expenses. of. It's not the gross, but it's the net. That being said, the average person, when he gets a Yerusha, usually invests the money. So the proper procedure for Meiser and such a thing is to look at an inheritance tax, to look at the Meiser on the, uh, on, the, on the gross of the inheritance itself. What I mean to say is the gross after expenses. So let's say $250,000, and let's say to sign off the lawyer, and there has to be a court, etc., etc. And at the end of the day, he only walks away with two hundred and twenty. The maestros that should be given or is mukhuyiv, incumbent on the receiver of the inheritance right away, is $22,000. Thereafter, when it's invested, when that sum of 220, well, if you're going to minus the 22, so it's, you'll only be left with $198,000. When that $198,000 is invested and it makes, let's say, 7% a year, and we can do the math, the 7% of will earn whatever it'll earn, 
one-tenth of seven, meaning say 0.7 of that accumulation, it will also be incumbent in terms of earnings. A person could earn not only by the sweat of his hands, not only by what he does, but money that's invested is also earning money for you. So in a nutshell, what we're saying is, is that the maestress should be given on the gift, on the inheritance. After that, the money being invested is earnings, is maestress that's given on the earnings. So however you invest it, the same way if a person, if a business is grown, because you're investing, you branch out, you invest, you, you expand your portfolio, so then there's other opportunities for earnings, and all those earnings are subject to the Allah's and maestress. One thing, one last thing we'll point out is that even though matonois are considered money that a person gets, of course the person's net worth goes up if he inherited, let's say, valuable silver or even a house. At what point would we look at that as taxable, quote unquote, if we look at mysis in those terms? Household items, silver, and so on and so forth, usually we don't look at it, even if it's valuable, and even maybe if one day it'll be sold, we don't look at it as something that's cash, that's money, that's assets. We look at it in terms of the chayfits, in terms of the item itself. A house, as well, somebody ashes a house in their parents, and they're going to move in, they don't owe taxes, they don't owe maestress on that house. But if that house is to be looked at, the same way a person can have money in the bank, there are properties that a person ashes, those properties, in terms of who you are, is not a house. Those are assets. A person could have an asset by having stock in a company. He could have property. He could have money invested in all sorts of different things. Those are earnings, and the right thing is that mysus should be taken off of those, even though the specifics of these are very up in the air, and one has to learn through the Paiskim, and one, of course, has to ask Shilas from Dayanim about what's Mukhoyev and what's not Mukhoyev, of course, since Maishus is not a, according to the broad consensus of Paiskin, a Chiv Deir Raisin, there's a lot of Mokoyim to lean on Mekilim. On the other hand, it's definitely praiseworthy when a person has to go the extra mile with Maishus. And remember, Aser Bishvil Shetis That's always a good piece of advice for somebody looking to grow his assets.